Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is February 5th. This is the Wednesday Night War podcast. We're talking NXT. We're talking AEW. Talking a little bit of everything. Make sure you guys uh, leave us a thumbs up, subscribe, turn on that, or hit that bell. It'll let you know when we're live. If you're watching live on YouTube, well, you can donate a super chat, get your question or statement read on the air. That helps us out, helps us pay our writers, our podcasters, even the ones who do live streams on Patreon while the list and your boys going on. Warren Hayes, how you doing? Oh, that was a shot at me. Oh, okay. Hi. The Wednesday early evening wars. Exactly. <laughs> Official. Uh, they've officially been uh, been wrong. Listen, my it's, it's because my my fired. own secret financial backer. Has told me it was a good idea to do that, so I just went for it. <laughs> we are also joined by Alex Palowski. He hosts Sour Graps, and he is being given back-end access, not like that, you pervs, to Fightful Select so he can post his streams as yeah. soon as they go live. That's true. Yeah, no more will I be like, hey, Sean, are you awake? <laughs> are you, you awake at 3.45 a.m. Hey, Eastern? Hey, you, you up? Yeah, one of those. No I, more I, I sliding in my I DMs. Send, I slide into to, to Sean's DMs and send him you up texts to see if, if it's okay to post the stream. But now I've got to do it myself. Yes. So uh, the thing is, I, I always like to make sure I wait for long enough to be well beyond when the regular Fightful Post shows are going on. I don't want to conflict with yeah. that thing because, you know, that's that's not good. Uh, yeah, you yeah, hate so, conflict. That's That's for sure. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I have a scheduling conflict in a couple of weeks that I actually said that I would explain on the air as we got into it. I will not be on the, I think it's February 21st SmackDown episode. It'll be Warren and, and a partner of his choosing. But I was explaining to Warren, well, I'm going to this Impact show. I'm going to get some interviews and, and the like. And my... IRL best friend, as I call him, Nikita Krylov fan, Corey Cropper, who pops up here once in a while, 
I sent him this video. I was like, hey, they're, they're running this show here. And he's like, dude, that's next door to my house. And then I realized I play Bible-themed mini-golf at this place. Why are you looking at me like that, Warren? Tell me what Bible-themed golf well, is like. I mean, I, I, I up here in atheist socialist Canada, okay. I, but that, this doesn't make sense to me right I'm now. I'm not going to pretend like I'm a religious guy, and I'm not going to get into that, but you have no idea how batshit crazy the Bible is until you've golfed through it. <laughs> Let me tell you. When you when you hit the six over par, when you hit the six over par, you're sitting around going, "Now, come on, King James messed with some stuff. It couldn't have been this hard." Like they're out there golfing like Methuselah, like I'm a thousand years old at this point, trying to part the Red Sea. I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my best friend go Jesus golfing at least two or three times a year. My wife goes with us too. It's phenomenal. It, it you you can't get all the course done in one day. You'll be there for like six hours. It is amazing. <laughs> for okay, my bachelor party, go karts, laser tag, strip club. Jesus golf. That's how it went down. That's how it went down. Man. And let me tell you, there are times when I look down at my score and I'm like, damn, I really did get nailed to the old rugged cross today. <laughs> Man. Remember, guys, uh, I will be hosting an event, WrestleMania Week. Sean Ross Sapp presents, or Sean Ross Sapp Serve Tall, presented by Primetime Pro Wrestling, April 2nd, 4 p.m. at the Copper Tail Brewery, Tampa, Florida. Make sure you check it out. Uh, I believe the, the tickets are available now, so go check it out. Jonathan Gresham, Fred Yehai, already announced for that show. But let's go ahead and, and hit you guys with it. Warren, one word, who won? AEW. I'm going with AEW too. Uh, even though the, the big return at the end of, of, uh, NXT was special, I, I'm going with them. Uh, Alex, let's round it out. Who you got? NXT. Of course you do. Of course yeah, you do. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm co-opted. You are co-opted. I <laughs> bet Roderick Strong shaved your head and now <laughs> you work. Right. For NXT. I just, I Roderick, just know. Roderick Strong shaved my head, and in an interesting twist, Killian Dane shaves my back. Wow. So there you go. Now, here's yeah. the thing. That's why. I am accepting responsibility, credit, whatever you want to say, for the Nightmare Collective breaking up. My hair, my hair was so strong, as they say on the Twitter, <laughs> so strong and full of strength, that it broke up the Nightmare Collective. It is almost Valentine's Day. I accept donations via PayPal. I have Cash App, Super Chats. You all can subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. You're welcome for me breaking up the Nightmare Collective. Michael Your Moore hair was just too pure. It was it's just too true. pure. It's true. And when Kong cut it, Melanie said, to hell with this. This is nobody I can associate with. Japanese deathmatch legend Luther, he said, uh-uh, not happening. You all can hear all about that experience on the Fightful Backstage Report podcast. It is on FightfulSelect.com. Michael Morgan says, this is for the Bible golf conversation. My life is for the better now. Thank you. Joseph Farley says, 
Bible golf is the most Kentucky thing I've heard you say, Sean. <laughs> Eloquent says, Hangman Page holding the beer pitcher was great. Uh, yeah, my friend actually tried to get me to play Bible golf for like a year and a half before I actually did. And <laughs> I was like, that sounds dumb. Then I played it and it ruled. If anybody is ever in Lexington, I will play you in Bible golf. It will happen. <laughs> we will set something up. But let's go ahead and, and talk AEW Dynamite. Ah, <sighs> So Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Jake Hager join the commentary team before the opening match begins, which is Moxley versus Ortiz with Santana. We see Moxley going after uh, Santana's eye, which I thought was great after this match. But John Moxley wins. You knew he was going to win. But Warren, how would you feel about this opening match? I thought I liked it. I thought it was a good, strong match between them both. Uh, played off both of their strengths. Ortiz had a couple of crazy spots, like the uh, the cannonball senton off to the floor, which was really good. I'd like him to be. I, I don't know if he's holding back or whatever, but you know, I we know Ortiz can be crazier than this in the ring. So that's kind of what I was expecting. So it like it didn't live up to my expectation. That being said, it wasn't a bad match at all. I thought it was a strong opener. It was a strong showing. Uh, I like the post uh, the post match angle, uh, and I'm wondering if John Moxley is just going to go around uh, blinding all of the uh, <laughs> all of the inner circle moving forward. Maybe that'll be the thing. You know, maybe his strategy is look. If everyone has poor death perception, maybe I'll just be able to win the uh, the title come uh, come the pay per view. If we don't get a John Moxley eye for an eye promo, I don't even know what we're doing here. Well, you know, there's that, and also there's uh, you know, in the land of the blind, the one eyed man is king. Maybe he's gonna like oh, eventually Jesus just make Christ, everybody, everybody blind, and then he's one eyed man. You know, there you go. <laughs> I like this. John Moxley was always going to win. Make sure you guys check out my interview, the uh, most downloaded sit-down interview we've ever done, and it's it's still doing good numbers. Thank you guys so much for checking that out. But I mean, guys, we're—I don't know if you guys checked out the interview. It's it was weird. I didn't know what John Moxley to expect when I talked to this guy. And the thing is, I didn't want necessarily the Moxley that had the Jericho and Keller interviews because we've seen that John Moxley. My interview is not going to do better numbers than a lot of guys because, quite frankly, our YouTube al- YouTube algorithm ain't that great. But I wanted to see if there was a positive John Moxley, and I didn't even have to conjure that up for him. Like my first question was, "What do you think are some of the things AEW's hit a home run on?" And he launches off into this three or four minute tangent about how happy he is to work. This isn't the guy that we knew, Alex. And no, it, it, you know, I know that. Even sometimes I'll poke at you a little bit about how negative you are about NXT, or not NXT, WWE. Yeah. But we heard that same thing from a top guy in the company who was making good money and they were throwing more money at. And now that he's out of it, Alex, we're seeing him act like he's you watching a Randy Orton Edge segment. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So the idea being that, like, listen, I don't begrudge anybody who says, listen, I want to, I want to get that bag. I want to I want to secure the bag. I want to get as much money as I can because this this isn't going to last forever. I don't begrudge anybody who says that that is very important to me and my family or whatever. But for those who it feels like maybe their art because Edge in that in in that segment that I love so much, he says this is an art form. The people who do do this this is an art to us. And for those people who really believe that, there's a lot of people within WWE that don't get to practice art. 
they're just out there just doing crap that they're being told to do. And for those who, who value their art more than their financial security, or because listen, I'm sure he's not getting paid in peanuts to do to work for AEW yeah. either. So just the idea that if money's not the most important thing, if your art is to be able to like go somewhere where you feel like you actually are able to produce that art the way you want to, speaking as an artist, like who 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 studied you know the art of acting, like actually went into debt to go to grad school for it. Like and and did it on a stage for for years. There were certain times where I was like, "This is not it. I'm this is not art. I'm not doing what I want. I'm just being asked to do something I don't believe in." And those were the productions I hated and couldn't wait to get out of. And the ones that I loved were the ones that let me do my art the way I wanted to. So I totally identified with everything he was saying in that interview. Yep. I mean, uh, anybody who is is sort of had that frustrating work experience can can probably relate to that. I thought that was a pretty good analogy. Uh, Chris Ferris says, I'm in Northern Kentucky. Let's golf soon. Hey, whenever you're in Lexington, once I move to Lexington, boy, I'm going to be, I am good. I'll be able to be a pastor by the, by the time I'm done with things. I'll have that Bible memorized like the back of my hand. Oh, Sean three sixteen says, I just dropped a goddamn Eagle. How about that one? How about that one? Best friends with Orange Cassidy against SCU. SCU end up winning. They get a title shot next week. What did you think of the match in particular, Warren? Uh, I, I liked it. The, I, these are two teams that I really like, and I really like best friends. I really do. I like Beretta. I like Chucky T. They work really well together. Uh, I think, uh, you know, even back when they were in, in, in New Japan, it just worked. They, they just work really, really well together. I thought it was, a, again, a solid match. I love the uh, – you know, they weren't afraid to lay into each other. Beretta is, uh, I think he's sometimes overlooked because he's really, really good. Chucky e. T is a good, um, uh, a good, uh, partner to play off because he's more self, self depreciating, you know, he, he pokes fun at itself, at himself, whereas Beretta's, you know, he sees himself as a real pro wrestler kind of thing. So I like the dichotomy between them both. It works well. Um, I, you know, we're getting back around to this situation where where are the dominant tag teams, you know, in AEW. I think you tweeted this out as uh, earlier this evening, Sean. The 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 idea is the, the the tag team division is probably the main aspect in which AEW differentiates itself from all regular weekly wrestling programming that we have uh, on a consistent basis. It's always the tag teams that you can turn to for really really good stuff. But who are the real dominant tag teams? The 50-50 a lot. They waffle on a lot of them. Um, We need to get some really strong tag teams that we can get behind, get put into really interesting programs. I wouldn't have minded a really long reign for SCU if it would have meant that we would really see them as a proper dominant tag team. Now the the field feels even which isn't a bad thing because you can create surprises and and so forth. But at the same time, you do want to be able to root for and root against certain teams. And uh, they're not doing a bad job. I think they can do a better job. Yeah, my, my problem with they, – they 50-50 a whole lot of people. And the thing that that does kind of save that a little bit is the fact that 
you've got a little bit more stakes in every single match because eventually that does add up and eventually they they can make a case for a tag title match or, or a singles title match based on that and based on the rankings accordingly but mm-hmm. I mean like Sean Spears is 0-3 in a tag team right now because he's trying to find the right partner and I like that I like that story but mm-hmm. most people don't have a damn clue what's happening most people don't yeah. even realize that Colin Delaney was his partner yesterday. A lot of people don't don't realize that. Uh, you, I don't know if there's even a team that has two tag team wins this year yet in the the annual rankings. Like, I want to see some tag teams stand out and do well. And one of those needs to be the Young Bucks because pretty soon people are gonna start. I mean, they probably already have. Like, who are these guys? But well, I know they're. They're featured a lot, but if they didn't watch anything but WWE before this, they might not have a clue. Yeah, absolutely. Dark. Um, dark go ahead. Just, just one last observation here. You know, uh, call me, call me old school, but let's say, let's say I'm a promoter. Let's just say I'm a wrestling promoter, and I like to make money. And I have one guy who comes to the ring and gets a huge reaction, like Orange Cassidy. I'm putting that guy in matches. Yeah, eventually right? you gotta. What's that? Y- you gotta. You have yeah, yeah, to. Yeah. At this point, like I don't. I get. I you know the the trio makes perfect sense. They're fantastic together. But goddamn man, you have to put Orange Cassidy in matches. You know, I, and it's not even a question of. Uh, it's not even a question of of. Uh, whether or not he's going to prove the haters wrong, because he will once he starts wrestling. Yeah. People will realize that this guy can go, and when it's time to sell proper offense, people will sell proper offense, and it bring it just it makes the gimmick come full circle. I have people uh, talking about Orange Cassidy who've never seen an Orange Cassidy match on the Indies, so they're like, "Well, the minute he starts wrestling, it kills the gimmick." No. It nice enhances guy. the yeah. gimmick. It brings it completely full circle, and he gets the biggest reactions outside of Cody, maybe. Yeah, he's working it's one match crazy. a month. One match it's, a month in AEW. He's working the That's it. Good more. for him. Good for him if he can work that kind of schedule, you oh, know? Yeah. But, I mean, this is the guy. That, I'm not saying strap the world title on onto him right now, but, I mean, you're mm-hmm. experimenting with some guys on one hand, but on the other hand, you have dudes who are over right now that you're not using properly. Dark Order comes out and attacks both SCU and Best Friends, but Orange Cassidy hits the ring. Evil Uno offers him a mask, but Cassidy refuses, and he gets jumped, but Christopher Daniels makes the save. have an interview with Christopher Daniels that just went up. He talks about Chris Jericho being vocal backstage. Uh, It's a very good interview. Uh, Check it out, youtube.com slash fightful or just fightful.com. This... This segment that kind of wrap things up, does it feel to you like they're killing a little bit of time until they can get a hold of whoever might be <laughs> this person, whether well, it be Brody Lee or Matt Hardy or or or, Chris, or Christopher or Daniels. Christopher Daniels, the would fallen be, angel. Would that be the best rib ever? The guy who was reported to be the yep. the 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 head of the corporate ministry who was supposed to be it's me Austin it's me all along was supposed to be him yeah. and then he gets revealed Here, here's here's the deal here's how you're going to do the rib the way he reveals it 
is by pulling off the thing. <laughs> it was me all along. Well, yes. I hope so because let me tell you, I interviewed him about that and I already have the Photoshop made. So <laughs> I have his head comically enlarged on top of Vince McMahon's all ready to go for an article next week. And that is a shoot. That is legit. He was also supposed to be revealed as like Vampiro's superior around that time. And in the interview, he says, I shouldn't have been either one of those. Do you know how weird it would have been for a guy much smaller, less experienced, and less established to play the Undertaker or Vampiro's superior? So he's, he's very aware of that, but this, this might fit. I, I think, I think Vegas betting odds gotta be Chris Daniels, Matt Hardy, Brody Lee. Those gotta be the top three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'd agree. I didn't, I, if, if Hardy heads over to AEW. Yeah. I, because, I mean, we're, let's, we, if we just spitball for a second here, you know, the Hardys are shoe-ins for Hall of Fame and all that yeah. jazz. Like they have guaranteed life at, WWE at any given moment. Well, they have guaranteed is... paychecks there. That's for damn sure. WWE doesn't so, want him to go anywhere, but but Jeff is Jeff's on the hook for another year at least. Yeah, not for sure. But the idea is, you know, it would would Matt because it's a battle line. Then if he goes to mm-hmm. AEW, it's the same thing with Chris Jericho, where they start scrubbing him out of history, where they edit the old the you know the old interviews that they have yeah. uh, to, and, to, to edit Jericho out and get until, his music out. Until his contract's up. And then they then they won't. Rob hey. Wilkins says, three of the four horsemen on my screen, Nito. Well, we're missing Mongo, so. <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy Lambert would be our Mongo. I'll just say that. I'm fine he with that. He carries around a little dog. Eloquent says, did you see the mixed tag match on AEW Dark? Uh, Warren, did you check that out? I have not yet because I was very much focused on NWA Power, but yeah. this is something that I was looking forward to watching after. Sorry. I, I'm actually watching that tonight. And Eloquent also says, uh, how did you feel about awesome, how the way, yeah, how did you feel about how Awesome Kong was written off? I was there. I saw it. And when I saw that, I was like, that's why they wanted me to come to Cleveland. Because originally we were supposed to do this in Chicago and at the end of the month at Revolution and they kept saying, Cleveland, Cleveland, come to Cleveland. And I'm like, Jesus, I don't really want to, but hey, let's do Cleveland. And then a few hours after that, that's when they filmed the turn and I was like, okay, I see why they did it now. So they had this plan for for several weeks as I wrote on FightfulSelect.com, subscribe today. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it, I thought it was – they, they needed to do it for a few different reasons. One, it wasn't very good. Uh, two, Kong's going away for a while. Sure. I would love for them to integrate Glow into a story eventually. If WWE's not going to, they should. Sure. Up next, Britt Baker loses a match to Yuka Sakazaki. After the match, Britt Baker grabs the ring bell and attacks Yuka. They do a spot where Baker curb stomped Sakazaki on the bottom rope and it broke off a tooth. (laughs) She spit it out and she's bleeding. That was my favorite part of this. Her losing a tooth, bleeding, and then Britt doing all that. For for all I care, all due respect to both women, this could have been a a five-second roll-up win. As long as Britt Baker did that, and Yuka Sakazaki won. It got one person over. It got two people over. I thought this was was it accomplished what it needed to do, Warren. 
the heelishness looks good on Brit, doesn't it? Yeah. It works, right? Maybe she's getting a few tips at home at the same time, right? Maybe, you know, I'd go, I'd, I'd go to that source in a minute. Are you kidding me? The, the match was well structured for that. I mean, you know, Yuka is a natural, natural baby face. She's tiny. She's smiling. She's full of energy. And so, you know, getting the, one could consider a surprise win over Britt Baker. Everyone, so that makes everyone happy. Makes the post-match angle all the more dastardly. I really liked it. I, I, I actually thought this was a really good match overall. There were a couple of rough spots throughout. Nothing too egregious. We've seen worse on AEW with the women. I thought this was one of their better matches. Uh, and I think that Britt transitioning to a heel style is going to is going to play off her strengths or at least um, do a bit of smoke and mirrors on her weaknesses. I think it's going to be a very, very good move for her career. And I hope they bring back Yuka Sakazaki more and more. Uh, She's fantastic. And if you guys want to see a a very recent match, an excellent match that she had, Pro Wrestling Eve at Wrestle Queendom 3 just a couple of weeks ago, she had a great match against Lana Austin. One of the best matches of the night. You should go check that out. Can't get enough Yuka. Uh, Alex, briefly, how are you digging Britt Baker as a heel? Oh, I love it. I think I think it's it really suits her. Um, they they could really use somebody like that uh, to anchor um, that 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 quadrant of the women's division. This this really evil dastardly heel that can do it because you have Rio, the baby who we root for. But I'd love to find. Somebody who doesn't have that um, that gap for us to be able to like, you know, oh, I love her promo style. I, I really root for somebody like that. That Rio's fun to root for because she's small and an underdog, but like there's still that gap for us because of the yeah. language. I love to find somebody that that could that could play off of Britt Baker's dastardly heel thing. Somebody we can really root for, scrappy and and fun. like. I still have, I think Big Swole has a huge upside. I think that she, she'd be great in that role. They're just kind of slow playing it yeah. with her right now. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, Britt Baker fixes gaps for a living. So Yes, that's true. <clears throat> the Butcher, the Blade, and the Lucha Brothers defeated the elite combo of Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, and the Young Bucks. I think the Butcher and the Blade particularly needed to be on the winning side of something. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm like, what in the hell did you bring them in for? Why did you give them contracts? If they're just going to lose all the time. Because here's the thing. If people are going to lose all the time, you don't got to lock them down for that. Hey, you know what? Give them the War Raiders treatment. Have them squash jabronis week after week. Have them fight uh, freaking Michael Nakazawa and uh, and Cutler and Brandon Cutler. I mean, that's... That's all you need to do. These or, guys are supposed to be like these killer mercenaries. Yeah. Make them make them come across as such. L- literally have them squash local talent like mm-hmm. WWE does when they bring in these two dudes sure. and they 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 make them dress up like Chicago Cubs because they're in St. Louis, like that kind of crap. Like you could easily do that with them. I mean, but the thing is, if you're just gonna have two guys come in. And you say they're great, but then they lose all the time. Just sign the ascension, you know. Like, <laughs> like I mean, this, uh, they're just they're just they're just jobbers that are under contract to you. That's weird. Warren, what did you think of the match in particular? Hangman Page ended up taking the pin, which was played up later when the Young Bucks confronted him backstage. He, <laughs> Matt Jackson said, "I was going to ask what your problem was, but I think I already know." 
And then Hangman took a drink out of his pitcher of beer, which was comical. <laughs> the Again, Hangman Page this week getting an extremely hot, hot tag. My God. And he made the most of it. Pescados and Larry, Lariats, Larry, Lariats, every Lariats, Lariats <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and, and the moonsault to the floor. Like he was every, every one he gets, every hot tag he gets is fantastic. And the crowd is into it too. I felt that we had the story of two matches here, however. I think we had uh I think we had uh uh Page and Omega and the wrestlers and the other team and we had the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros which got a little too cute for my taste at some point. And I've pointed this out before. I like the Young Bucks and I like Lucha Bros when they when they go for it. I know what to expect. It's fine. Sometimes they get a little too choreography for my taste. A lot of waiting around, a lot of stuff where you're like what is going on here? What 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 are we doing? You know, uh, uh, when when Phoenix has Matt and uh, he's trying to do something up on the top rope and he's waiting for Omega to come into position and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of that that happened during the match, which I felt was a major distraction because when Omega and Paige worked with all four other guys, it was really really smooth and it it, it connected. Everything was great, um, but. I, I still think this was a really good match. I thought the outcome was perfect. It adds to the storyline of the elite, as as you said, as we saw earlier. Hangman Page is one of their hottest stars right now. I thought, I mean, if if they recuperate this because they were he was slipping, he was. and they're 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 recuperating his 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 heat, getting him back on top. Listen, this is good on them. This is fantastic work, but I don't. Everyone said, "Okay, the page when he's going to turn, page when he's going to turn." Honestly, it's working they, right you now. Have to, you have to have the young bucks turn. Yeah, you can't have page turn. Turn I, page is too hot right now. Yeah, and uh, as as reported on FightfulSelect.com, which I will mention every single time, so because I want you all to subscribe to it. I reported today, Tony Khan's been a lot more hands-on with creative, and this angle in particular has been one that he has been very invested in and very hands-on as, and uh, looking pretty good so far. And I, that's the thing I was told, is that he's went from being the final say in the room to grabbing the bulls by the horn, or bull by the horns, and it's working out pretty well right now. Uh, I, I, I think it's working out really well. That pitcher of beer spot was just so, so really clever, fun. so funny. Uh, and and like I said, he has went from the guy that was the poster boy to just a guy who's really over. Uh, backstage, Kenny Omega is or t- Kenny Omega is being interviewed after the commercial break, but Pac is backstage with Riho and <laughs> says Omega ruined the contract signing and he's not going to hit a woman, but Nyla will. And Nyla power well, power bombs Riho on a table. Oh, and then for some reason, probably because Riho is unconscious or in a coma, talks to Riho via the camera, even though <laughs> Rio is right next to her. Um, but I can only presume that Rio is being transported to a local medical facility. <laughs> I, I dug this; thought it was good. 
I thought it was good, and it's setting up a 30-minute Iron Man match between Omega and Pac in a couple of weeks. Yep, I'm okay with that. What I'm less okay with is Rio versus Nyla 2. I didn't think it was great the first time. I don't exactly see what the interest in is in it running that a second time, um, other than wanting to put the belt on Nyla, which I there don't think is a good idea. I mean, like this the thing with me is that I feel like there's there they have all the pieces I think that they that they need to really get this women's division up and running. They're just not utilizing all of them correctly. They're not, like, using, I, not the right ones. Right, 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 not the right ones and not but not they're like, okay, well if actually if, if you if you are if this person is slotted here instead of here, and then we flip these two and then like the the role for Nyla, I think personally you could easily have Nyla be this amazing heater and enforcer for somebody like Brit. Like mm-hmm. Brit says, I don't, I'm, I like, I'll, I'll fight you if I have to. Instead, I'm gonna have this monster come in and destroy you, and and that way you can protect both of them in that way. And and I'm saying like, there's all these different versions. Nyla being a top contender for against Rio just it doesn't sit right. But you can find a way to use her that will. And I feel like eventually yeah. they'll figure out all. All due respect to Riho, she's fantastic in the ring. People people liked her at first. Her being champion is really, really starting to stunt the growth of the rest of the division. Because they're doing the thing with Britt Baker now, and it's working. And along the way, people are getting wins at her expense, which is nice. But you've got Shayna sitting around. you got Statlander just sitting around. you got Big Swole just sitting around. These are people and characters that you need to develop and do something with. And I think they're not doing that. We see a Darby Allen video. <laughs> Just more black and white crazy stuff yeah. done out of the arena, man. Yeah. Talk about this last week. Like the, the Pac thing was was awesome on the steps. Yeah, Darby Allen, if you just want to use that flamethrower to like light lots of things on fire in black and white, I'm I'm here for it. Yes. That's cool. <laughs> we get not quite a blow off, but a match that's been built up for quite a while now. Kip Sabian defeated Joey Janela. After uh, Janela accidentally takes out Ford and Sabian rolls him up with a handful of tights. So this will continue, and I'm okay with this. Because quite frankly, they had been doing a lot of stuff on Dark, and Kip Sabian is... <clears throat> Kip Sabian just going to be one of those guys that eventually, one, he's going to probably get bigger. And he's going to really come into his own on, his, on the mic, because he can hold his own there as well. I like both of these guys. I like the match. I thought it was it, it was a good match and definitely worthy of dynamite because of all they they built up with it. Warren, what did you think? I liked it too. I thought uh, I thought it was a nice crescendo. Uh, when we got back from the commercial, everything started cooking and it was really really it got really really interesting really really fast. Uh, I like Cape Sabian a lot. Uh, I think the I, honestly I think the first time I saw him wrestle was at. Was it at Double or Nothing on the pre-show or something? It was one of the uh, one of the early AEW pay-per-views against Sammy Guevara, where everyone was putting over Sammy Guevara, Sammy Guevara, so great, so great. Like, yeah, I I thought Sabian shone, shine, shin shine shone in that match. I'm having trouble with English tonight. Hello, everyone. Mm-hmm. Welcome to uh, Fightful. Uh, but uh, it's uh, I I really like him, and I I like the role that Janela is playing. You know what Janela kind of reminds me of? He kind of remind, at least in his attitude, reminds me a lot of Lionheart Chris Jericho. Yeah, back you know like WCW. Yeah, it, it, he reminds me a lot of Jericho when he started to be 
just a jackass, but he's a friendly jackass with probably mm-hmm. the best theme music in AEW. I like it. I, I like it. He He's not afraid to take the, the big bumps. Maybe he won't be as hardcore as he can be in AEW, but he'll always be ready to put his body on the line for stupid bumps. I like it. Still don't quite understand why they're feuding if he's broken up with Penelope Ford. Well, that, and that's, that's something they had addressed. Like, Janela doesn't care. He He's ready to move on. It's just... Sabian and Ford are absolute dicks to him and just keep bothering him. And he's like, leave me alone. So finally, he's just like, yeah, I'll fight you. Okay. But I look, I, I enjoyed the match. And I'm glad that it's not officially a blow off because if they want to push this further, give us more stakes or a stipulation, I think it's going to be real good. Santana challenges Moxley to a match next week. We see another Dark Order advertisement. Dustin Rhodes talks about Cody and the, the 10 lashes. Rhodes says it'll be uncomfortable for everybody watching tonight, but Cody will get through this. And that's what takes us to the main event freaking segment. And we've already went long on AEW tonight, but pff, this main event segment was so good. It was. They, they did it. There's like 15 minutes left. As I, I, I fear that uh, we've been disconnected as I, as I look. It says OBS Studio disconnected so fortunately i'm recording but um it's like mjf came out to the ring had wardlow by his side and geez man cody took his jacket off they milked this old school style and jesus christ man alex how much of this did you get to see I, I watched I watched uh, as much of it as I could while you know watching the the main event uh, of the of NXT. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I got to figure out what I'm going to do here because I'm not I'm not available to uh, fast forward through commercials when I'm running on behind on NXT. Yeah. Which what so whenever that was in commercial, I was able to look over and 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 watch uh, AAW. And man, this was great old school shit. This yeah. was such so good. And I love that it, to me, I was watching it. I was like, okay, listen, uh, Cody, Cody Rhodes has been in a lot of matches over the years. I know he's been injured. The, it's not the pain of being whipped with a belt. Um, it's the fact that he can't do anything about it. He's just got to take it. Like, and, and that part of it also, like just, it added so much to it. And I, we'll get to it when we go the whole thing, but I want to let you, I want to lay out and let you guys talk about it. But for me, the thing that I was like, Oh, Wardlow tried to murder that yeah. man with a belt strap. Yeah. Like, he, he tried to actively murder Cody Rhodes with a belt. Wardlow's and- like, sorry, buddy. You already signed me to a contract. <laughs> <laughs> so this Ooh. was good. Like, uh, Kip Sabian, Guevara, Butcher, Blade, Bunny, Britt Baker all come out and watch. The, the baby faces come out. Dustin Rhodes. More people just started to join in. MJF demanded that he use Cody's belt. Yeah. And first off, I had to look down there. I'm like, is he wearing the weight belt? But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was good. It was so old school and good, Warren. Damn it. Yeah. And Brandy, the- Brandy came out with one left. And yeah. Brandy, who's been crazy as hell on TV, and in my experiences with her, and <laughs> she, like just was like, listen, you can make this. You can do this. You got one more. After Wardlow almost killed him. Damn, Warren. And here's the when when MJF hit the third one, 
I mean, the snap it made. I tweeted it out. I was like, this is ridiculous. But somehow, Wardlow was able to overcome that. Uh, I think he, I think he broke the, the the sound barrier doing it. There's no other reason. My God, and I mean, Cody's back was ridiculous. Like those were some evil, evil welts that he had. There's nothing really problematic with this with this segment. It was good, and it was it was the most wrestling thing. And in the best way possible. The only thing I think I would have I would have changed the one thing, and this is being nitpicky, but you know you had the heels at the top, and you had the 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 American the the the, the Nightmare Family trying to come out with Arn Anderson. What if the heels just like no 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 you guys? And they they keep them up at the top. Cody is alone, right? And MJF is there with Wardlow, and they just wailing on him. But then you keep the Brandy segment for the last one. You keep Brandy coming down just for that last one, and the and then the the faces shove the heels away. The she gets through, and she does. She takes his hand, and she does. She gives her line. It would have added so yeah. much more drama to it than for- having. Because it felt, it sort of felt comfortable to have Team Cody around there. But if Cody had been alone, suffering that entire time, and then his wife comes down, ah, oh, that would have been fantastic. He, I think that would but have done. Is, I think that would have done some harm to Dustin, though. I think that if if he didn't come out and be there for him, he would have seemed like a pretty shitty brother. No, uh, not not that sh- he couldn't come out. It's the heels would have kept them up at the sure. top of the stage. You I'm know? gonna show you guys that are are watching on YouTube. Uh, that is MJF's ba- or not MJF. That's Cody's back right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Ow, ow. Uh, I love this segment. MJF took a cheap shot and then hit the bricks. They had a quote unquote fan attack. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Came at the top, which I think is with with a lot of people wondering is this a plant is this not in previous weeks i thought this was a smart idea for them to do uh, i have a hard time believing mjf would punch a fan like that unless it was a plant you, you don't club them i'll tell you that much you 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 punch them in the em. face you yeah. deck them you deck them oh man rob wilkins says vince will counter in 2 weeks with waterboarding <laughs> <laughs> eloquent says I love when Brandy came up to how or came out to hype up Cody. As did I, man. As did I. Uh, and I like it when you guys hype up fightfulselect.com as I am going to do right now. I did a Q&A this past weekend, an hour long, over 140 questions. Did the fightful backstage report. It is about 25 to 35 minutes every week of exclusive backstage news that you will only get at fightful. Stats, contract updates, injury updates. We have the retro review that dropped uh, this month. It's the NXT Arrival 2014 show. Probably 
our most recent retro review we've done. We're going to work on getting some more in the can as well. But we've got dozens in the archives. We also give you lots of other exclusive news. We have the List Goes On podcast. It's an additional show, uh, about an extra 15 minutes of the list in your boy every single week. We have the Weekender podcast, which covers your NWA, Beyond, 205 Live, NXT UK, things like that. And then Monday and Friday, Alex Pawlowski covers Raw and SmackDown. Alex, I'll say this, uh, your your isolated clip did some numbers. Yeah. All things well, considering the fact that YouTube is throttling us, I was very happy with the numbers. Yeah, uh, I'm I was very happy with that too. I'm uh, I, I I wanted I, I, the lot of what I get is that you hate everything. Yeah. You hate everything cuz you hate everything. Well, no, I I call him like I see him. A lot a lot of what I see especially on SmackDown is utter crap. <laughs> yeah. And it, and but on Raw, Raw's been, you know, pretty pretty good, especially grading on a curve. Pretty mm-hmm. good, yeah. And that 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 segment was just one of the best I've I've seen in in years, if not ever. Isn't and I that... wanted to make sure that I gave it the the right amount of uh, of praise. It's so weird how good Raw got, and SmackDown has to fill up sixty six percent of the same real estate, yep. and they have Roman Reigns, the Fiend. They have Daniel Bryan. They have, they got, they have... the New Day. The new they're really good people. They're not even putting on TV. Oh man. God, man! But we're gonna talk NXT. The Broserweights come out on a custom ATV with the Dusty <laughs> Classic cart. trophy. With the golf cart and the golf cart, and the Dusty Classic basically coming through the sunroof. God, it was all, great. All I want to know is where in the blue hell was this Matt Riddle when we were running a weekly podcast? <laughs> Occasionally. I would get digging holes. I would get that Matt Riddle. But he, he cuts a promo and it, I loved it. I thought it was so entertaining. But also when I see this, I always, I always got a fear. I'm like, Oh my God, are they going to do, is this going to be him forever? Is this going to be all he does? Because I, I've heard some things about NXT wanting to lighten things up and I will do a report on Fightful Select about that very soon. Uh, after I get a couple more sources, but this was Undisputed Era coming out, and I loved the play with the names. I loved it. When Bobby Fish said, we have bigger fish to fry, and Matt Riddle said, Bobby Fish said fish, and then he goes, riddle me this. <laughs> <laughs> like, there, there are a lot of people that think that Matt Riddle is dumb, and I cannot even begin to tell you how not dumb Matt Riddle is. When we were negotiating a podcast, guys, he was very particular about things in the contract. Like, he, he's, he's a very savvy guy. He's very savvy guy. And also, I apologize for OBS repeatedly disconnecting, guys. Um, as long as the, the video and audio are alright, we'll be good. I'll see what's up with that. But Matt is a very smart guy. Uh, and I thought this was very funny. He said, how much fish would Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish? And Alex, I was very impressed with how many times consecutively he could get that one off without messing up. Yeah, no, that was, uh, it was, he, he, he got, he got that shit over in like four seconds. 
Like the idea that you say, oh, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know if we can actually really make money with this guy on the main roster. Are you kidding me? Will they, will they memorize that? Yeah, I just did. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that he is, he has such amazing, um, opportunity to use the the two facets of it. I, I always talk about this, that he's like basically just, he's, he's, he's Bill and Ted, like, uh, like when he talks or like outside the ring or whatever, but in the ring, when the bell goes off, he's a murderer. Like that's that's an amazing character. People will love to to watch and root for. Um, and also, like basically, you he could do the exact same thing and be a heel because, like, hey man, whatever. I, I can't wait to kick your ass. De- and then he does it. WWE we're, we're dropped so- the ball so much on not utilizing on this type of charisma with yeah. Rob Van Dam and just having him say yeah. cool and whatever. There yeah. is something spe- particularly unique about a guy who does not care if he's goofy. You don't know if he's sarcastic. You don't know if he's being a dick. You cannot tell if he's nice, mean, an asshole. But the thing is, you don't want to find out because he'll kick the shit out of you if you bother to ask. And that's what Matt has. And this yeah. got over. People are going to chant this at Bobby Fish. Forever. And also... Pete Dunne should not have said we're going to smoke the undisputed air. He should have said we're going to smoke Bobby Fish. Like there's <laughs> – there's no – he should have just said Bobby Fish. Yeah. They they should particularly bully Bobby Fish. Well, the other thing that I love now that I think is really – is going to get over forever for, for, for Riddle is Riddle's going to smoke you. Oh, God, yes. That's so good. I love it. It's – Full Sail finds these wonderful things to like just like latch onto and, be, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's theirs and it can translate further beyond that. But when, when they, they're, they're potentially using these people in bigger spots uh, on, on, on Mondays and Fridays as well, I think that it'll definitely translate to both those places. Also, I like it when they um, basically nerf old people's stuff who have been canceled like Enzo Amore and give it to somebody else like Keith Lee. Yes. That, that, yes. that works too. Um, up next, we had Angel Garza defeating Isaiah Swerve Scott. Uh, I did not get to hear commentary during this. I really, really want Mauro or Beth or I almost call him Desmond Wolf every time, Nigel McGinnis, to say NXT and Raw have a little bit more leeway in the brand split because they're on the same network. That's all I need. Right. I need that yeah. one line. I need, yeah. I need Zelina called in a favor. From William Regal because they used to work together. Something. I need a little bit of a reason. That's it. Just, I, I, I want to give them leeway. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I want to give them leeway. But Angel Garza wins this. How'd you feel? Well, this is the thing, but like, uh, Angel, when Angel Garza showed up on, on, on Raw, I was like, man, NXT did such a great job mm-hmm. of pulling the trigger on that face turn exactly when it needed to happen. And all of a sudden, Raw's like, nope, we need to be heel again. Bye. And like, oh, okay. Hey, like, buddy, it was, it he was, took out Humberto was, Carrillo. He's a baby face. Well, <laughs> no, he, 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 took out, he took out Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Like, that's the thing that, that he did. That, that, and they're obviously, they're, they're obviously saying, hey, Andrade's out for a month. Let's replace him with yeah. the, this other guy who Vince probably thinks is Andrade. Like, he's a Latin guy. He's handsome. He's got a little beard, black hair. Like, that's the, that's basically thinks the same thing um so it's weird to like have him be super heel he tries to murder Rey mysterio on raw and becomes to full sale full sale says 
We don't pay attention to that shit. We still love this guy. You're a babyface god to us. But he's he's still definitely being a heel, and Morrow is referring to his dastardly ways on Raw. So it's a weird dichotomy that Full Sail says, no, we're still going to cheer for this guy like he's the dude who we last saw here when he was the Cruiserweight champion, and they're trying to put him over as this this, this heel. It's a weird thing that they're going to have to figure out how to how to reconcile. However, the match was awesome. I love yeah. Swerve. The match was so good. It started out fire. Like that whole um, counters and all this kind of stuff. Nobody was able to actually get a beat on each other. It was all so great to start the match off. All those, the, uh, the, two, the, the, the near falls and all that stuff. It was all fantastic. And I love at the end, Garza said, I didn't actually get pinned for my title. I want Jordan Devlin. And Jordan Devlin's still definitely wrestling heel. So I love that it doesn't matter right now. It's just Angel Garza says, I want my Cruiserweight title back. Which to me says, he's not on Raw. Mm-hmm. He's an NXT guy who's just on loan to Zelina Vega whenever, for as long as they need him. Which is, I don't know, about a month. Can you imagine Vince bumping into, uh, going over to Garza backstage and saying, Hey, uh, have you seen Charlotte? And Angel's <laughs> like, uh, I don't, uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> ah, I, I thought I suspended you. <laughs> Damn. Dominic Dijakovic defeated Killian Dane. We now have Dijakovic against Keith Lee next week. Um, Killian Dane needs a little something. He's missing a little something right now. He had such purpose with sanity. But right now, he's swimming in a sea of big men behind soon to be Killer Cross. Dominic Dijakovic, Keith Lee, it, it ain't easy to be like the fourth or fifth best big man on that brand. It, it ain't easy doing that. And if he had a tag team partner, oh, Alexander Wolf was a pretty good one, I thought. But if he had a tag team partner, I think that could could be a little bit of something for him. But now when he comes on TV, it's not like I dread his matches. I just, one, I know he ain't going to win. Somebody needs to fill that role in NXT. The the big dude who's threatening but doesn't ever win the matches. Like this, it's, mm. they've always had a guy like that. Um, but as I've always said, like anytime they want to pull the trigger on him, all of a sudden book him to start winning matches. In three or four weeks, he's a legitimate contender for the for the North American title because they they have that there. He's certainly talented enough. They could do that with him whenever they like. Um, but I agree with you. Like he's he's in this. NXT is a logjam in so many different divisions. The women's division has so many talented women they don't know what to do with. Uh, all these people who are just hovering right below where they would need to be to get a title yeah. shot for, for the North American Championship. All of them. And all it needs is, like, they say, okay, we're pulling the trigger on you for a month. And they like, we, they got a lot of guys, like Arturo Ruiz. They, they haven't done anything with him. Uh, Benoni, who hasn't wrestled since, like, November. Uh, I know Boa's out with an injury, but like Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis was so charismatic in that one match he had in that yep. tournament. Yeah. I was like, I can't wait to see more of that guy. Haven't seen him on TV yeah. since. Do- like we haven't we haven't seen Cameron Grimes no. in a month. I, I, know, I the hat. You know what? I could think of far worse things than Cameron Grimes with a big Killian Dane. Your your, your speed. Yeah. I could think of a lot worse things than that. Uh, Dorian Mock doesn't have a partner. I don't know what the hell they'll do with him. Probably the exact same thing they've been doing with him for five years. But his partner got a new deal and was like, uh, later. Um, you got Malcolm Bivens, who doesn't have anybody to manage right now. Maybe it'll be Thatcher, though. 
Um, Mike Canellis ain't doing anything. Are they going to team him with Tody Nice permanently? I don't know, but he's, he just had his kids, so maybe he's got some time off. You, you know who, you know who could use a problem late? Who, who could, who could very well use a big guy to fight his battles for him out of the ring? Who? Jordan Devlin. And they're both from Ireland. Like, that's I, I like something that. they can easily do. Where, like, like Jordan Devlin doesn't want to fight you in the ring, so he'll enlist his giant dude to beat you up backstage. And like, the thing is, you know, you see how good Devlin is in the ring, so it makes it even, it's a very Shawn Michaels thing. You know he's capable yeah. in the ring. Yeah. But there you go. Uh, we see, uh, a thing with Sergeant Slaughter in the crowd. Uh, cool. Cool, man. Um, Thanks for showing up. Mercedes Martinez defeated Casey Catanzaro. Uh, Warren, I'm glad Mercedes is getting a win here. They, they signed her and they did not waste any time and I appreciate that. I appreciate that tons. I'm a, I'm a big, big fan of Mercedes. Been following her career for a couple of years. She's had a long extended career. A very, very, very long one. Uh, she's, she's worked all over the world. She's done all the indies. She's been everywhere. She even had a, uh, th- like this is her second ter- time in NXT. I don't think she was signed after she was done with the first May Young Classic, but I re- I do remember seeing her in a match or two. Good matches, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm glad she has a home. And this is always the thing when they sign new women. You're like, well, you know, like when they sign Diana, when they sign Chelsea, they have a tendency to uh, pick up uh, women and then shell them for a while. And I'm like, no, Mercedes is too good. She really is. She she really has something that a lot of women in the division don't have. And here's the thing. If they are planning on bringing Shayna up, excuse me, changing brands with Shayna, uh, there's your there's your final boss replacement right there, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. There's yeah. your badass killer will snap your neck in a heartbeat yeah. champion right there. At the very she, least, at the very least, she's the gatekeeper that the he, that the baby faces have to get through sure. in order to be seen as legitimate contenders to a heel champion. Like it's that kind of a thing. Um, but I, 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 I also love Mercedes Martinez. I think that she's great. I feel like there's, there's if you don't, you don't want to like just let her again. There's a logjam in the women's division. If you, if you, if she's just going to be there to like pick up some victories, um, lose to put over a younger he, a younger baby face, fine. But also, there's there's some people on on you know quote unquote the main roster who could definitely use a heater type in Mercedes Martinez mm-hmm. who could just come in wreck shop and 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 move off to the side. Like there's a lot of cool stuff they could do with her elsewhere. A lot of people have been people ask me what they, when I think of certain NXT women. I'm like, I think they're great. I think they've reached their seat on an NXT, but they're better than eighty percent of the women on the main roster. So. Get them over there. Let let them let them do their thing because I mean, there's 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 a lot of women I would go through uh, in NXT before I would say um, uh, that I would they would they would go through on NXT before I would say oh they're on the same level as say Dana Brooke. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they're better than a lot of people on the main roster. Jordan Devlin defeated Tyler Breeze. This was a long match. I'm talking like 15, 16 long, minutes. Long there. Match. They got their use out of Tyler Breeze here. Alex, how'd you feel about this one? Well, I thought it was weird because it's like Jordan Devlin is your is your new cruiserweight title. As far as I know, this is his first match at Full Sail. Yeah, he won. The, he won the, the the cruiserweight title uh, at the Worlds Collide thing. 
this crowd, I'm sure, is familiar with the work of Jordan Devlin, but I've never seen him live. And I thought what you were going to do by having him, you know, wrestle the equivalent of a good hand in NXT, uh, Tyler Breeze, who I love, but it's not, I don't feel like he's in a position to, like, be a, a title contender right now at this point uh, in his career, at least what they're, what they're doing with him. I thought that he was going to win strong. Yeah. Four or five minutes, uh, like, let Tyler Breeze look good in defeat, but that's it, and then have... Jordan Devlin sit down the mic and say, "Okay, Angel Garza, I I heard you. You want you want your title back?" Let's and, and all of a sudden, we're like, well, I just saw this guy wreck uh, Tyler Breeze in four minutes. I believe that that he's got a chance to beat Angel Garza. In this case, it looked like it took him forever to beat Tyler Breeze, and so that kind of hurts that whole perception of him to me. Yeah, that that was the thing. If they were going to do that, I just wish they would have said this is an NXT title match because then I could believe. Yeah. That Tyler Breeze got up for this match because yes. on NXT's Twitter they were like performance of a lifetime from Tyler Breeze and I was like really I was just like man this was really long it I, I didn't need this match to be this long if no title was on the line and all due respect it was a it was a fine match but yeah yeah I'm with you I'm with you completely there uh, Bianca Belair comes out to the ring and. A thing that I had had an issue with before this was the fact that Charlotte and Rhea had their deal kicked off before Portland. Yep. Now mm-hmm. I'm thinking, mm, turns out Raw might be Raw might know a little bit better than me these days. I'm just I'm just gonna in Raw we trust at this point because if we get a triple threat match out of this. Mm. You know what? Don't even get the hose. I will put my head right under the water <laughs> spigot and just douse myself. Because is the there th- a holy is there a holy water dispenser at the uh, Jesus Golf Course? I, God, we can hope. You know what? I think they have vending machines <laughs> inside. You can get an Aquafina. At this point, heck, I'd even take a Dasani. I'm so <laughs> thirsty for this match. That's how. That's how just desperate I am. I have been begging for months and months and months. You have Bailey, Sasha, Charlotte, and Becky. Those are the pillars because WWE has established them as the pillars. They got a goddamn nickname. They've all been given title reigns. Now, occasionally, you got Carmella, you got Alexa, you got Mm -hmm. Anaya, you've got Naomi, Asuka, Asuka. You've got some placeholders and, and people that can support that division. But, I don't know that any of them, and, and Rhonda, Rhonda's really the only one that has ever been portrayed as on the right. level of the horsewomen. What I think they need to do, Rhea, Rhea at the very least has to be. But if you can also portray Bianca Belair there, and then eventually one goes to Raw, one goes to SmackDown, that's a pretty good damn position to be in. Yeah. Because I think that's been the issue with some of this stuff. Alexa, Really charismatic, can cut really good heel promos, can deliver in the ring. Carmella got to a point to where she carried Charlotte in her return match mm-hmm. uh, last year, like or a year and a half ago, Alex. I remember it kind of yeah. surprised us. Uh, yes. Naomi has shown amazing things. She's shown really good glimpses of stuff. We know Asuka can be whatever they need her to be. She is a chameleon. She can fit in anywhere. But they got to portray two women as on the level of those four. And I think that this went a long way. Charlotte interrupted Bianca Belair and said, hey, Rhea overlooked you. You should be pissed off about this. 
Then Rhea came out. Both Rhea and Bianca end up attacking Charlotte. This was good shit, pal. Yeah, this was this was so good because it, it allowed you to, to play off of all all three of their strengths. Um, because Charlotte is dismissive of anybody who isn't Charlotte, like just period. That's just who Charlotte's always been, heel or face. Um, and uh, but I, I like that she's trying to like stir up some shit between Bianca and Rhea. Yes. But but um, but I, I love that the Rhea's like um, uh, the, when Rhea steps in between the two of them, like because because Charlotte and Rhea like basically not even. Pretending that, that Bianca's not there, Bianca steps in between them, talking to Charlotte, but then also talks to Rhea, who's behind her, without even turning around. Yeah. That was great. Um, Bianca has so much charisma, just naked charisma. Like she comes out, and you're like, "Wow, who is that? I need to know more about her." Um, also, there's there is this renaissance of uh, of black women fandom in WWE and wrestling coming out of Naomi coming back and, and Bianca here and Bianca coming out with, with her little crop top that just says melanin over and over again. She knows who <laughs> she's playing to. There's a huge fan base out there untapped. The WWE can, can grab onto and bring in. And by elevating people like Bianca and Naomi, they absolutely should do that because they're, they're the people who let's say are going to love Lacey Evans. They already watch WWE. There are people out there who don't watch WWE who would be attracted to a Bianca or a Naomi at the top. Bianca's just amazing, and I love Rhea siding with Bianca over Charlotte because who are you, Charlotte, to come in here and act like you still own the place? Like, that's what I love about it is that they recognize we are NXT, not you. And that I loved. And I also love the fact that there's, there is a level of respect between Rhea and Bianca that deserves to be there. Hell, if if she, Charlotte decides she wants to get involved in the NXT uh, Takeover Portland match, and that leads to a triple threat at Mania, yes, I'm in. I'm so that, in. So that sets up a question. Um, by the way, guys, if uh, you're in the Cincinnati area, I'll be on ESPN fifteen thirty hosting uh, No Holds Barred the like mere hours before NXT Takeover Portland. So make sure you guys tune in, but. Taryn Riddick said, after a return tonight, do we get a rare seven-match takeover card with Dream versus Strong added? If so, I'm totally fine with that. So uh, Portland's on a Sunday this this time, mm-hmm. right? Yes. That kind of gives it a little more room, I think. Also, it also gives you a little more room to have a Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair match end in what we call a fuck finish. Yes. Uh, because if you've got seven matches – that type of crowd might not feel so ripped off. Also, NXT is such a uniquely conditioned crowd, Warren, that I think that if Charlotte Flair shows up, it's like, is that a screw job finish? Maybe not really, because Charlotte Flair is one of the biggest women stars of all time. And, and she has the history, right? Yeah. The, the, the NXT crowd likes, knows its history, like, knows its stars. Just the reception that Kevin Owens got at, at War Games. You know, I think it, it's one of the – it challenges any of the most thunderous pops that ever happened in the history of WWE. That was insane, the reception he got. It would be – and I agree. It'd be, it would be welcomed as as a storyline because we, especially if it leads into mania, look, the NXT fans want NXT to do well, want yes. to get props. They want the stars to get the proper recognition they want if they are – I mean, signs are pointing 
towards NXT getting some shine at WrestleMania, no one is going to be against that, I don't think. But then again, wrestling fandom is weird. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, it, I, I think, you know, it, instantly the path appears. If Charlotte shows up at Portland and screws around with the finish, the path becomes clear. I would dig that so, so much. And Bianca tonight, she, I, to me, she showed the most personality she's shown in a long, long time. When, when Charlotte came out to interrupt her, I lowered the volume of commentary on AEW mm-hmm. to listen to this promo. It got me captivated and attentive. I, I just wanted Bianca to slap Charlotte around when, when she, when she pushed her away that first oh, time, yeah. by God, I was in on it. She was fantastic. She carried the segment. Let's be frank, guys. She carried this segment. Uh, I, she, it, it was good. It was all good. Really, really dug this. Uh, Jay Lee sends a super chat and says, great matches worked for a while, but NXT found the promos and character stuff they were missing tonight. Yeah, that's a thing. Like, I don't want you all to think that I didn't think NXT was good. I thought it was an awesome show. And I think if you ran like a clip show, I don't want to say a clip show. If you cut out a couple of things that weren't needed in NXT, it would be the better show in totality. But the way that AEW was able to build up and build to their final angle, boy, that just set old school wrestling with me and built up to the most important thing. Whereas I thought that the main event of this show wasn't necessarily the biggest thing, but what happened after the main event was... And it felt like I didn't need all that to get there. But let's talk about it because I loved what set up all that. That was the Undisputed Era running amok backstage. This ruled and weaved in and out of the show. They were beating people up and attacking people. They put Kushida in a damn trash can. Bronson Reed looked like a dipshit and it was a little funny. Well, what I what I what I did love about it was the idea that it's it's four guys. Yes, and they're all really good fighters. Yes, they're all they're all small. They're too small to be wrestlers. <laughs> they're too small. Look how small they are. Well, if there's four of them, one <laughs> big dude gets blindsided by a flying knee. You know, like yes. like I love Bronson. Like seeing them put Kushida, frigging Kushida, yes. who's as close to like like wrestling royalty that we have in this in this world and and they treat him like just some friggin jobber because of course the ue does yeah they don't they don't have any regard for any of that crap and they throw him in the in the trash and and bronson reed knows who that is and has respect for kushida and and like we don't have a problem with you big man like no you do have a problem with me <laughs> and i love that about bronson reed saying to stiff up for him but yes he got blindsided by a flying <laughs> knee to the temple. It was like, funny because he was because he was staring directly in the face of Adam Cole and didn't see a flying Roderick Strong knee. Like yeah. that totally makes sense to me. Also, them like the screwing with the poor kid's haircut. I don't know who that was, but I guess he's got a new gimmick as a as a buzz cut dude. Um, like, that was all fun. Um, but I also love Champa jumping him outside out of, out of a side of a truck. Like yeah. just going after all of that was so cool and all all of that was just set up so so well. So I'm not gonna spoil what happened on AEW because I know a lot of people watch our reviews a little bit separately and don't want to get spoiled, but 
Pete Dunne, Matt Riddle, and Tommaso Ciampa defeated Undisputed Era via DQ when Roderick Strong interfered, but I did not have my eyes on this main event because ultimately I knew that whatever happened during it wasn't during the match was not as important as what was happening on the AEW screen. However, afterwards, uh, Ciampa gets spray painted up. I'm told doctors legit checked on him after this match. Don't have an update though. Oh, that would look, that was so scary when he was hobbling around in that knee, that surgically repaired knee. Yeah. Like I was like, if you're acting Ciampa, screw you. Don't mess with me. Yeah. But if you're not, no, no, not again. Oh. Not Ciampa, not again. You know, like that was really scary. Well, a big return happened and we haven't seen Velveteen Dream since the first NXT on USA and he's back. And the thing is, NXT has been a real good show even without him. Oh, Velveteen Dream's back. Alex, you had the first crack at this one. He's the kind of guy that if you built the show around him, I'm not saying he's got to be the top champion, but you can build a show around that guy. So whenever, whenever he shows up on screen, you got people who are watching NXT who text their friends who are watching AEW, switch over NXT, Dream's on. Like, that's the kind of guy who does that for NXT. Because anytime he's there... You have to watch what he does. He's just he's this 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 captivating figure. Um, mm-hmm. So him coming back and and attacking all four members of UE like only he can with like haphazard roundhouse punches that are like missing forty percent but hitting seventy percent. Like I don't know how that's possible because the math is all wrong. But that's what he's throwing these haymakers. Yeah, they were I, funny. I love it. Let me, let me tell you, not technically sound, and I I cover a lot of MMA. Sometimes punches not being technically sound bother me. The Pete Dunn slugging them out punches, I hate them. They look like dog shit. They look like he's never been in a fight in his life. Meanwhile, there are other ones I see, like when Jordan Devlin does them, and they look a lot better. He doesn't necessarily, they're arm punches, but they're not, they're not bad ones, all things considered. These worked so much because it's like he threw so many wild ass punches, Warren, that mm-hmm. he was bound to land eventually. <laughs> it's, That's the it's thing. The, it's the law of averages, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> you like you buy a hundred lottery tickets, a scratch off lottery tickets, you're gonna get a couple two dollar winners. And yeah. sometimes <laughs> That's all you need to buy your McChicken, and that's all that that Velveteen Dream needed to clear that ring. He had to buy a few McChickens. He wasn't yeah. worried about the numbers. He was just chucking and ducking. Maybe not even ducking, but I, I'm just glad to see him back. Warren, how'd you feel about the return? I, I The only thing I'm going to add from Alex's fantastic analysis is did you notice the tights? Oh, I did. Oh, he they had his face alongside Marina Shafir and Roderick Strong's kid. Troy. And on his ass was written, call me Marina. No, call me up, Marina. Call me up, Marina. Which was so great because it's a nod back to the first tights which said, call me up, Vince. Vince. Like, this is so good. This is, he's such a showman. Such a showman. And I love that, that, it, that it is personal between him and Roddy. Like, he hates the whole faction. But he hates Roddy, and mm-hmm. that's that's perfect because it gives us it gives us another match th- to look forward to 
eventually, even if it's not on TakeOver, but that Dream versus Roddy match is going to be so personal, and I just, I think it was so great. Man, and that, that his, his, uh, Death, his Dream Valley driver, it's like just basically a cartwheel, that was so smooth <laughs> tonight, man. Ah, I'm I'm so happy to have him back. Like I say, NXT could should really utilize this guy. I mean, and make him the face of NXT. You talk about him being a showman. I mean, quite honestly, the way that he first became known in wrestling is because when they didn't have a flag for the national anthem at an indie show, he happened to be wearing American flag pants and was like, "Hey, everybody, I got you covered," and the crowd turned to him. <laughs> Like that. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that photo, but that was the thing that happened with old Patrick Clark back in the day. He got through on Tough Enough, and there are a lot of people who do well on Tough Enough, and then just, ZZ. WWE wanted ZZ to be a thing so bad. Daniel (laughs) Rodimer, they gave him every chance. They were going to fast track him. Sarah Lee? Sarah Lee? She gone. Josh Breedle? No. Uh, Daniel Pewter? Gone. But Velveteen Dream wasn't... Like, Patrick Clark could have just tried to be Patrick Clark, but he became Velveteen Dream. And you don't even remember he was on Tough Enough now. Nope. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Like, and neither does the Velveteen Dream. <laughs> yes! Exactly. J.J. <laughs> Leith says... Didn't get the four versus three setup, so I'm glad Roddy causing the DQ gave Dream a reason to come out, as opposed to just him showing up for the pop. I do too. By the way, this is what those little vignettes were setting up. I do like that there was a little bit of doubt because you know, Killer Cross has had some countdown stuff, so yeah, they played off of that a little bit. They announced his signing and Timothy Thatcher's last night, so naturally, some people were like, "Okay, could it be him?" Thought they played it off well. NXT, very good tonight. And uh, so are all of our shows, guys, including the SmackDown post show this Friday that we'll have with myself and Mr. Warren Hayes. I'm doing a live watch along of the no, John... I, I, I won't oh, be here on Friday. Oh, so. you won't be here. Sorry. No. That's Robert okay. DeFelice that's filling in this Friday. Damn. Well, at least we, we might have a Valentine's date, right? Oh, we definitely will, Sean. We do. Okay, good. Okay, good. So Robert DeFelice filling in <laughs> this Friday. But uh, my God, man, this is – I'm doing a, a post-show – or not a post-show, a live watch-along of Dom Reyes versus John Jones from the minute the walkout start to the end of that fight. I will recap this weekend's UFC show on that as well. You guys are digging the watch-along format, so I'm going to keep doing those. But Alex, what do you got going on this week? Uh, I got to, got to, got to watch SmackDown. Got to see. Got to. Got to, got to, got to watch SmackDown. Got to see who's next for Goldberg at Sands of Time. Do you think, do you think Rhea's going to get heat for calling out main roster stars? Because they're not supposed to do that anymore. (laughs) Oh, God. And uh, and even furthermore, do you, who's going to get in trouble for talking to the dirt sheet on Friday's SmackDown. I, know. I don't know. I can't wait to find out. Who do you, it do is. you think they're going to have a meeting? I'll. You know what? This plays into NXT AEW stuff. We talked about it on Listen, You Boy. There was a meeting last week where, after the Matt Riddle thing, people in NXT's orientation class were told, "Don't talk to dirt sheets." Or I, I won't say that that's verbatim how it was. I wasn't in that meeting, but. 
that news got out to, or not, it wasn't, that wasn't what happened. They, they said, don't call out main roster stars. And then that news leaked to Wrestling Observer Newsletter. And then they held another meeting last Wednesday telling talent, hey, you probably shouldn't talk to dirt sheets, this or that or the other. I don't know how it was phrased. But I had people that I had never talked to hitting the DMs saying they had the balls to right after saying that say, by the way, you guys need to prove that you have health coverage because you're independent contractors, even though we just told you who to not talk to. And that mm-hmm. didn't sit well with people. Alex, what are your no. thoughts on that? Nor, nor should it. Yeah. If if I'm if I'm if I'm if I'm covering my own ass uh, with with health insurance, um, you don't get to play daddy and tell me who I can talk to. Like no 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 no. If I'm on if I'm on your insurance, daddy, then you can tell me what to do. Yeah. But if I'm not, if I'm on my if I'm covering my own ass, then then my ass is mine and I get to do whatever I want with it. Like no 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 no. Put it I like this. I don't I don't love it. We're independent contractors here. Yep. Has anybody ever said to one of us, you can't appear on this other podcast, hey, you can't talk to this person? It doesn't have, I'm, I'm going to ESPN radio in a couple weeks. I gotta hopefully get home in time to do a review for yep. Portland. Like, that was no issue. Like, I wasn't told, don't talk to that person, don't do that. Independent contractors. If you, if you want to make them employees, maybe you'll have a little bit more leverage. And I get it. Of course I want them to talk to me. I particularly liked it when one hit me up and said, they told me this, so here I am. That was the yeah. exact phrase, so here I am. Just like, man. And um, there there's some crowding issues in NXT. There are some frustrated people in NXT, but then again, there are a lot of people that are thrilled too. I've got some news on both sides of those things coming to FightfulSelect.com. Warren? What are you doing this week? You're busy. Oh, as usual. Uh, tomorrow evening, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, I have my own weekly the wrestling wrap-up discussion show. Discussion. This I'm telling you, I'll I'll straighten out my English for tomorrow. YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. And hey, do me a favor. Do me a favor. Today is is National Girls and Women in Sports Day. Yeah. Your girl Kristen Ashley, she wrote up a, a really great article where she spoke to some wrestlers about being a woman in a competitive athletic field, and she has it up over on belltobells.com. That's B-E-L-L-T-O-B-E-L-L-E-S. It's her website that she runs. She has quotes from Brandy Rhodes, uh, Holiday, Jazz, Ivelisse, and more. So go check it out. It's a great article. It's a great way to close up uh, the, the this day with that has some, some great intentions. Go check that out. Yeah, well worth checking out, guys. I was able to read that today. Uh, good stuff, and... Um, I, I know that she had also reached out to WWE people. This seems like the kind of thing they should want their wrestlers lending quotes to. I think mm-hmm. you guys are really going to like that piece. Until next time, guys, leave a thumbs up, subscribe, tap that bell for notifications. We're out. Does it ever say to you... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.